From FingerLakes1.com, this is The Daily Debrief. I'm Josh Durso, and today we start a two-part episode exploring salt. That's right. The surprisingly controversial topic was once again examined in two recent pieces by Peter Mantius over at The Waterfront Online. Those stories, which were also published on FingerLakes1.com, looked at the state's newly minted effort to study the effects of road salt runoff on the environment, as well as renewed efforts to get one of the largest privately held companies in the U.S., Cargill, to stop mining for salt under Cuga Lake. As Peter explains in part one today, his pursuit of the first story arose after hearing anecdotal evidence of runoff affecting a farm along the New York State Thruway in Phelps. Well, I mean, I'd heard uh, anecdotally about uh, the, the case in Phelps where the folks claimed that their cows had been killed by road salt from the uh, from the throughway. And then I heard uh, anecdotal things from other parts of the state also. And um, and then I saw the bill that Cuomo signed that said, oh, we're going to do a uh, we're going to have a task force that's going to look into this. And when I first read it, I thought, well, that's kind of disappointing that it's only going to be in the Adirondacks. That doesn't really deal with uh, the problems that a lot of the other people have, have been raising. But the more I thought about it, the more I talked to other people, it's actually not a bad idea to do um, almost a, uh, you know, a, a case study uh, where there isn't a lot of uh, uh, statistical noise as there is in the Finger Lakes because we have underlying salt beds. It, it might be difficult to measure how much road salt is actually contributing to the salinity of the lakes and the streams up there. There's much less of that as an issue, so it's in a way it's a it's a better it's a better case study. It's a better way to measure how much is road salt itself um, affecting people's uh, water wells and affecting streams and lakes. And I think that's interesting because you know when we were talking about Habs last year, and pretty much every year we've talked about Habs. The state obviously has spent some money studying Habs and looking at different lakes and that sort of thing. And there's always a lot of when when one particular area seems to be harder hit, uh, especially when it comes to an environmental issue. Uh, there seems to be some desire, at least from some pockets, to see the studying happen where it's a problem or where it's a very big problem. But you just mentioned something I think is kind of interesting and also important. Um, obviously, they chose a sort of, I'll call it a neutral uh, place to do this studying. Why do you think that is important? And why do you think the state actually went that route as opposed to, you know, going along, you know, say New York State Thruway or somewhere where there is a ton of road salt already contributing or, you know, already in right. sort of the area? Well, keep in mind, they didn't they didn't pick the Adirondacks out of a hat. They, they picked the Adirondacks because um, these folks at the, uh, the Adirondack uh, Watershed Institute, it's part of uh, Paul Smith's college. Uh, they did, they've done an incredible, you know, data work on this. And several years ago, they concluded that um, there was really a connection between the salinity of, the, of several lakes up there and streams, mainly lakes, um, and then they expanded that because they said, well, if it's in the lakes, maybe it's in the groundwater too. So they they looked at 500 wells and they what they were able to do in looking at the, the data on the sodium and the chloride in those wells, they were able to find really strong correlations between uh, the wells that were either exposed to roads 
that had been heavily salted or were not exposed based on where they are. They are they upslope, downslope. So they they found that it was really very very clear that the wells that were downslope of heavily salted uh, roads were going to have higher sodium and chloride. I mean, statistically, it was unmistakable. And I think they had you know they had very good data, and they, and the data they used to. Uh, uh, to sort of get the, the local politicians involved and they got a bill introduced. And, um, you know, the bill sailed through both uh, chambers of the legislature and Cuomo signed it. So in part of your piece, uh, you write that obviously the Department of Transportation has had a pretty strong hold uh, in this arena for a long time. Um, one, what do you think it means that the, the state or rather the Cuomo administration is pushing back a little bit and getting involved here? Uh, what does that mean and what are the implications there? And then also, um, what in sort of real terms would something like this actually mean for, you know, someone who, who maybe commutes 20 or 25 minutes? What, like, what do you think or what does it seem like the state is, is thinking about as far as a course of action would be if, you know, this does actually verify? Um, well, it's it's really interesting. Why did New York State become the most aggressive user of road salt in the country? And I have in the story that I that I posted, I have a chart there that explains how New York um, is easily the uh, you know the, the the heaviest user of road salt in the United States. Not only the the total tonnage of what they put on roads. But when you divide that tonnage by the by the uh, length of road, the amount of road that's actually maintained. So they so why are why is New York State the most aggressive? And um, it's interesting. What part of that reason? It, it's certainly in the Adirondacks is the uh, 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid. Before the before the Olympics, they often used to just use sand and and uh, and they also just you know, let snow be when it got on the road, when there was a lot of it. And they didn't, you know, they didn't make a big fuss about it. But I think that because they were having the Olympics there, they wanted to clean up the roads. They wanted to make them, you know, make them clear and, and fast moving, you know, drive in the winter like you can drive in the summer. There are going to be a lot of guests there. We want to impress them. And everybody got used to that. They kind of liked having open roads. And I think the environmental consequences of that got pushed to the side. And now I think what what's happening now with this task force is it's going to be an opportunity to to um, to look at the interests of the of the homeowners and the environmental interests and balance those against the interests of, of drivers. We're all drivers. We all like clean roads, but balance those interests somewhat. And in the past, as you as you've said, you know, the DOT has kind of driven this whole policy. And you can't blame them. They're, you know, the, the DOT is basically following the mandates of the legislature, which says clear the damn roads. And so they do. And, and they say, hey, if you want to if the, the DOT can say, if you want to do it, if you want us to do it differently, then tell us, give us a give us legislation that says, well, well, don't clear the roads. But we're doing what we're told to do. And they're really aggressive about uh, putting salt on the roads. But, you know, nobody has really paid attention to this point about the environmental consequences. And so that's what this task force could do. 
you know, what is the quote unquote corporate interest in salting roads uh, in New York state, given the volume that New York state does salt compared to other states? Right. Well, this is not just a tug of war between the interests of the driving public that the legislature is, you know, representing uh, versus the environmental interests. There are also the commercial interests uh, because Cargill, um, you know, they make hundreds of millions of dollars over years um, in, in producing road salt as does, um, you know, there are other companies as well. American Rock Salt in, in Livingston County uh, is also does a huge business here. So these are, well, Cargill and uh, American Rock Salt uh, both have uh, contracts with the state in excess of $200 million over a two or three year period. So it's big money. And so if you're going to talk about cutting back on road salt for environmental reasons, you have to remember that Cargill in Lansing employs 200 people. It's a, you know, it's a corporate citizen that contributes to the, you know, to, uh, you know, it contributes millions to the economy in Lansing and Tompkins County. And uh, I think there was, I think Cargill claims that it, uh, that it contributes $170 million to the Tompkins County economy. So if you're going to go and just say, oh, we're going to stop all the road salt, you have to remember there are 200 people that have jobs that are, are on this. That, and that's not insignificant. But at the same time, I don't think the fact that you have that very legitimate economic interest, that should not extinguish any kind of uh, you know, analysis of where's the balance here between that economic good and you know, the environmental dangers. The Daily Debrief is a production of FingerLakes1.com Digital Media. It's hosted by members of the FL1 News team and was created by Gabe Petrazio and me, Josh Durcell. If you'd like to check out past episodes and stories, visit www.fingerlakes1.com daily. You can also subscribe to the show on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We have one ask for our listeners, though, and subscribers of the show. Consider becoming a supporter of ours over on Patreon. Right now, that help is invaluable in ensuring that we're able to continue doing what we do here on the podcast, but also continue our general news gathering efforts over on fingerlakes1.com. In the last two years, our platform has been accessed and read more than 50 million times. We just need a few of you to really begin making a difference with more reporters, more podcasts, and more in-depth coverage of the things that matter. Visit www.patreon.com slash FL1 to do it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.